0: Amen? Amen. Kids, you are now dismissed, and everyone else, you may be seated, but say hello to the person next to you. It's always good to welcome one another into the house of the Lord. Well, it is a pleasure <clears throat> to worship alongside of you this beautiful, beautiful day. Uh, I, As you know, we have been walking through the story of many different lives in the Bible, and we were just recently on the story of David. And I had planned on preaching on David the failure when he had his big blunder, but as I was praying through this week, Uh, I I felt the Holy Spirit say, hey, pull an audible, and that's sports language for play a different play, or preach a different sermon. And so I'm walking in obedience in that, and we're going to be in the book of John, chapter 5, and we're going to be looking at hindrances to freedom. And the theme for this Sunday is healing. Healing where we'll be talking about healing this evening as well. But I believe that as the Holy Spirit does, He put these things divinely together to make it make sense. As we look at this passage and and we talk about this man at the pool of Bethesda, we will see why we have hindrances to our own freedom, hindrances to our own healing. And so that is where we're going to be. You can open up your scriptures to John chapter 5, and we will read that in a moment. Many of you know that I was a a campus pastor at the University of Pittsburgh for six years where we planted a church. And, you know, if you've ever been downtown Pittsburgh, you notice there are a lot of of homeless people. And there's one specific homeless person that stays in Oakland, the part of downtown where the University of Pittsburgh is. And he's a semi-famous homeless guy. This guy's been there for over 20 years, uh, now probably over 30 years, and he, he knows the students. The students know him. He's right outside of Starbucks every day. Uh, many students give him coffee every morning, and there's just an interaction that this guy has with many of the students. He's a nice guy, uh, and one day there was a, uh, a, a crew, a video crew from the University of Pittsburgh that wanted to do an interview with him because he seems like a pretty happy guy, and They they were trying to understand how that can be for this guy. So they do an interview with him, and they discover several very interesting things about this man. First off, he has three doctorates. You would not anticipate a person who's homeless to have three doctorates. And they verified it. Many of them were from the University of Pittsburgh itself. He was a a very bright, talented student, got married, had kids. But then he decided, you know what, I don't want to do this whole job, teaching, education thing. I want to be homeless. So he left his wife and he left his kids and moved to the streets. Many people who are homeless struggle with alcohol or a drug addiction and that's what caused them to be on the streets. This man chose to be on the streets because he felt like this was going to be freedom for him. But as you look at the way he lives his life, he's not free. He's dependent upon everybody all of the time. And sometime that might dry up. Sometime he might not have his sleeping bag. Sometime he might not get that coffee. But in his mind, his his brokenness in that moment is freedom. And you might think, man, that's a really weird thing. But you and I, in our own lives, we can sometimes walk in the same way. We can believe a false fantasy where our bondage feels like freedom. Where we have bondage in our lives to sin or to other things, past pains, things that we've never allowed God to deal with. And we can believe that we're actually free when we hold on to that bondage. It's a myth. It's a fantasy. It's not true. But we believe it many times in our lives. And when God wants to bring freedom to those places that we don't want Him to touch, we reject that freedom. And we say, no, 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 this is, this, it's okay. I want this in my life. Bondage will always be imprisonment. Whether it's bondage to the past, whether it's bondage to pain, whether it's bondage to sin, no matter what it is, bondage is always imprisonment. There is no freedom in bondage. But Jesus can bring the freedom that we need, Jesus can bring the healing that we need, Jesus can break the chains of every kind of bondage you and I could ever imagine, internal and external, past, present, and future. It doesn't matter what kind of brokenness or bondage we have in our lives, Christ can bring freedom. But as we look at the story in John 5 of this man at the pool of Bethesda, we will quickly see that we can have hindrances to our own freedom. We can hinder our own freedom. Pushing back God when He wants to be invited in. Saying no to a healing that God is passionately desiring for us to have. An experience of freedom that God wants us to have, but we sometimes have hindrances to that freedom. And so the question that we will look at today is, what are those hindrances and how can we let them go? How can we let those hindrances go in our lives. And so I'm going to start with uh, chapter 5, verse 2. I know it says verse 1 in your bulletin, but I'm going to start at verse 2. John chapter 5, verses 2 through 17, where we'll see the answer to the question we just asked. John chapter 5, starting with verse 2, says this, the word of the Lord. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. Now, the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn as there was a crowd in the place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see, you are well, sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, my father is working until now, and I am working. This is always an intriguing passage to me, that you see this story of a man who has been an invalid for 38 years in his life, and God heals him miraculously, and he goes and he tattles on Jesus. You know, this is like the first tattletale in Scripture. You see this, you know, Adam blamed Eve and God. Here, he's like tattling on Jesus. Uh, He told me to do it. It's kind of wondrous to think about. But he shows us, this man shows us hindrances to freedom, because Jesus desired his freedom. If you look at the context of this particular passage, you'll see at the Pool of Bethesda, there was an angel of the Lord who would come from time to time and stir up the pool and bring healing. So this was not some kind of magic trick, there was no wizardry, it was actually an act of God that would happen in this place from time to time. And so there were many people who would wait around, waiting for the angel of the Lord to stir the water so that they could get in and be healed. But it was only the first person who would step into the waters that would receive the healing from the pool. We have no idea why God would do this. We have no idea why it was there and why God chose to stir waters to bring healing. Those aren't questions that we have time to answer. We just know that it happened. And so as this was transpiring, this man had been there for 38 years waiting to get into the water. And Jesus asks him the most intriguing question of all. Do you want to be healed? If you were to look at the book of John, you will see that Jesus asks some really crazy off-the-wall questions for a reason. Jesus never did anything on accident. But he asks this guy, even though he knew he had been there a long time, do you want to be healed? And we see that Jesus is pointing something out in this. And that's this, that desiring freedom is critical to receiving freedom. Desiring freedom is critical to receiving freedom. You see, Jesus was asking this man who had said that he wanted to be healed for 38 years. He was asking him a very pointed question. Do you actually desire healing? Do you really want it? Do you want to be free of this ailment that has been in your life forever? Because he had lived for 38 years. The, as many commentators would say that in this time, the life phase of a man was about 40 years in this ancient Jewish time. So for 38 years, the majority of this man's life, he would experienced this invalid problem. He was completely handicapped for almost the entirety of his life. Do you want to be healed? You see, this man had set up his entire income based on his invalidity. His entire financial business was based off of his handicap because he would sit there at the pool of Bethesda and when he wouldn't get healed, he would ask the people who came to watch these miraculous things for money. And he lived his life and his entire job was getting money from those who would give to him. So when Jesus asks him to be healed, he's pointing out a very specific thing. Is this something you really want? Or are you just saying you want it? Are you just here for the money that you can receive? And the man answers in an interesting question. And with an interesting answer, he gives him an excuse. Fear of the unknown can block us from freedom. He didn't know what would happen if he were ever healed. Imagine the entirety of your life, everything is built around this one thing, and God says, do you want me to take it away? I don't know who I am without being an invalid, this man would think. I don't know how I'll earn money. I don't know how I'll live life. I don't even know what to call myself, because I won't be walking around saying that I'm an unhealed invalid anymore. My whole life, everything changes from this moment. He was afraid of this freedom. How often when we look at our own bondage in life, our own things that we identify ourselves with that are not from the Lord, and he says, can I take those away from you? Do you really want freedom? We struggle because we don't know what will happen if he brings that freedom. God has a healing for each and every one of us. I totally believe that. In the Alliance, we have the fourfold gospel, Christ our Savior, Christ our Sanctifier, Christ our healer, and Christ our coming King. It is something that we absolutely believe in. But healing is not always outward, it is also inward. And that's what we're going to be talking about this evening. And that's what I believe this passage sets up for us to understand the importance of inner healing. Because this man, he might have been healed physically, but he was not healed inwardly. And we'll talk about that <coughs> Excuse me in a moment. <coughs> excuse me. Warren Wearsby says that he had been in that sad condition for so long that his will was as paralyzed as his body. Is your will paralyzed for what God has for you? Are you clinging to the past pains of your life saying, this is what identifies me? Are you clinging to that bad father that allows you to have an excuse for doing the things that you're doing? Well, I do these things because I had a bad dad, I had a bad example in my life, so I just, I do these things, it's just, it's just who I am, that's, that's not true, it no longer has to be the definitive nature of who you are, because you had a bad father, or a bad mother, or a bad upbringing, you can be broken, those things can be broken off of you, is there a sin that you're holding on to? You say, man, if I let go of the sin, uh, you know, I don't know what's going to happen because this is how I, I feed my pain when I'm frustrated or stressed. This is what I go to. This is what I utilize to, to lift me back up. What will happen if I don't have it in my life anymore? Do you want to be healed? But just like this man, sometimes the fear of the unknown keeps us from desiring the healing that Christ has for us. Freedom from all bondage is what Christ wants for you. Freedom from all bondage is what Christ wants for me. He does not want us to be caged in a jail of our own past, a jail of the, own, of, of the abuse that has happened in our lives, a jail of our own sin. He wants us to be free. But we hinder our own freedom because of the fear of the unknown, because we don't truly have a desire To be set free from those areas of bondage. Another hindrance to freedom is the excuses that we make for our current situations. Avoiding and excusing our brokenness only keeps us in bondage. Avoiding and excusing our brokenness only keeps us in bondage. Jesus asks this man the most audacious question. It would seem a ludicrous question. Do you want to be healed? You've been here for 38 years by the pool of healing. Do you want to be healed? And you would figure that this man would answer, Yes! Heal me! I'm ready! I've been here for 38 years! Come on! Bring it on, Jesus! That wasn't his answer. He says, It's not my fault that I'm not healed, Jesus. All these people, they just run in front of me. And they they take my healing away from me every time. No one helps me. For 38 years, I've been here. Nobody is caring. He doesn't answer the question. He avoids the actual question. And he says, ah, it's other people's fault. I'm not healed because that person. I'm not healed because of this situation. I'm not healed because everyone else just takes it away from me. And here I am, sitting here for 38 years, unhealed. Because of everyone else. Mm -mm. We can't avoid or excuse our own brokenness. We can't push it off on other people as if it's their fault. Now listen, I've experienced a lot of painful things in my life at the hands of other people. Words, violence, kinds of things that I've seen and experienced in my life. But God can bring healing to those areas. When I allow those who have abused me to remain in power over me, By saying it's their fault that I'm not free of my brokenness or of my sin. That is not what God has for me. God says you can be free from those areas of life. Those people who held power, control, and abused you, they no longer have the power or control. You don't have to allow them to continue to own you. We can have freedom from all of it because he's in charge. He's in control. And he wants you to be free. There was a a businessman who was always angry, and he used his anger to develop his business. He was just one of those guys that would just hit the grind and be like, no, this is what we're going to do. And he would just step on on people to get up the ladder and he built a huge business with a hundred employees and he was at a church service once when it talked about healing and he said i'm angry because my dad and what my dad had done but i've used it i have made a life out of my anger and the pastor said to him do you want to be healed of that and the man wrestled for about two weeks he came back and he told the pastor, he said, you know what, yeah, I do want to be healed, but I'm really afraid. So what's going to happen to my business if I'm not an angry guy anymore? He said, well, let me, let's just, let's just see what God does. Are you willing to relinquish your business if the only reason it's successful is because you're an angry, jerky man? And he came to a place, Yes. God healed him from his anger, healed him from his past pain, and he became the nicest business guy that you could ever meet. And you know what? His business went from 100 employees to 1,000 because he was a better businessman as a nice person than he was as a jerk. God brought a healing to that man's life. He no longer allowed his pain to drive his life. And The same is true of this man if he would have just said yes if he would have released that he would have experienced a a freedom that was bigger than he could ever imagine you and i have to be honest with our brokenness because honesty with our brokenness exposes the fullness of our bondage where are the broken areas in your life that you desperately need god to heal What has the Holy Spirit been saying to you about sins that you've been holding on to, past pain that you've been holding on to, worry, doubt, fear that you've been holding on to, that God says, I want to let that go out of your life? Where have you been gripping tightly? Allow yourself to be honest with your brokenness. Expose the full truth of bondage because all bondage is imprisonment. It is not freedom. But often we think that it is. I've experienced that same thing in my own life. Where I feel like these things I cling to, this is what actually gets me through. But that's not true. You and I each have ability for freedom. You see this man, he didn't answer Jesus' question because he didn't actually want to be healed. He didn't answer the question directly. And because Take it for example, if he's there and he makes money off of people who feel bad for him in his situation, and he looks at Jesus like, no, I don't want to be healed, I want to make money off of people. Who's going to give that guy money tomorrow? No one. But he didn't want to be healed, so he makes excuses, and he avoids the question, and he blames others. How often do we, when we look at our brokenness, blame other people? Why well, only sin because they did this, or they said that. We are responsible for our own sin, our own brokenness that we have in our lives. We can give to him. We've got to stop clinging to it as if it's freedom, because he has healing for you and for me. You see, and this story is also really powerful because it shows that Jesus can do whatever he wants to do. Humanity answers to Jesus. Jesus does not answer to humanity. We we answer to him. Just catch this for a second. The guy doesn't answer his question. He he exposes the reality that he actually doesn't want to be healed. And what does Jesus do? He heals him anyways. He's like, I don't care what you want. You could have told me whatever you want to tell me. You're going to be healed today. He said, take your mat and go and walk. This guy didn't have a choice, even though he thought he had a choice, even though he thought making the excuse will make Jesus feel bad for him, and he'll give him money or he'll tell everybody to to help this guy get it in the pool, which would give him more press and more publicity about his situation. Jesus heals him anyways and says, I'm going to do what I want to do. Whether you want me to do it or not, I'm I'm just going to do it because I'm God. We answer to him. There's a, there's a guy that I know that uh, was part of Alliance Theological Seminary a long time ago, and he has totally walked away from doctrinal truth and faith, and, and he posted something the other day on his Instagram where he's like, you know, I just believe that humans are inherently good. Have you, have you looked at the news? Have you talked with another human being ever? Because if that's true, like, I, I, you're totally blind. The Bible is very clear that we are naturally broken human. We are naturally falling away. The wages of sin is death. We are all sinful in need of a Savior. And He wants to bring that freedom to our lives. Physical and emotional. Internal and external. We answer to Him. He does not answer to us. The other thing that Jesus does in this moment of proving that He's in control is He heals on the Sabbath. Now, this was something that he should not have done according to the religious rules of the day. Now, it wasn't in the Bible. It didn't say don't heal on the Sabbath. It didn't say that you can't do God's work on the Sabbath. It didn't say any of that. But these guys who wanted to put a a box around God's word and tell other people how to believe God's word said, oh, no, you can't do anything. You just got to sit on your couch and stare at the wall. That's Sabbath. Right? Right? But Jesus is like, I'm not controlled by these religious views, these religious barriers that are not biblical. I'm not controlled by them. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And he heals the man on the Sabbath. He will never be contained by human parameters. You see, this man might not have wanted to be healed, and the Jewish leaders definitely did not want him to be healed. And the next thing that we can see about hindrances to freedom is that religion stifles rejoicing. When we walk in a religious view of life rather than a relational view with Christ, when we look at do's and don'ts, and that's the whole thing about our entire relationship with God, we miss God as himself because we make it just rules. That's religion. And these guys, these Pharisees, were walking in religion. I mean, I want you to think about this for a moment. A dude who had been an invalid for 38 years— is carrying his mat. And these Pharisees, who knew this man, who have probably given him money and felt good about it for themselves, who've seen him there for 38 years, their first question is not, oh, let's praise God for your walking. They say, why are you carrying your mat? I'd be like, "I'm, I'm walking. I mean, have you ever seen me walk? Let's rejoice about this. But they don't. They call him out for breaking the Sabbath. And the dude's response is even crazier, right? Because he's like, it's not my fault. It's, It's not my fault. I'm healed because that guy healed me. And then he told me to do this. So you go talk to that man. I'm not in trouble here. He blames and tattles on Jesus, but then the other crazy thing is, is when the guys were like, "Hey, who's the guy who healed you?" I don't know. If you'd been like lame for thirty-eight years and someone healed you by the power of God, wouldn't you at least ask their name? Like, what's your name? You would. You would probably think that that would be a response. But no, he's just like he got up and was like, "Huh, fine, I'll walk," and he left. This story, when you really think about it, is bizarre in all these different facets. But we see that these men, they did not rejoice with him because they were too focused on the rules. Religion stifles rejoicing. He became fearful, this man. And so he tried to blame Jesus. We can see then that being healed doesn't always mean being made whole. This is what I mean by that. This man's body was healed. He was up and walking. He had been, for 38 years, incapable of doing that. And here he was, walking, holding his mat. And he blames Jesus for breaking the Sabbath. Internally, this dude was a mess still. This guy did not understand the fullness of what Christ had just said done for him. He didn't get it. That's why Jesus, when he bumps into him at the temple, he says, listen, see what God has done for you. Go and leave a life of sin. Don't walk in sin anymore. You've you've been transformed on the outside. Let that truth, let that testimony transform you on the inside. Now go and live a changed life. (laughs) You'd figure the guy would be under conviction, right, and say, yeah, I was healed. Yeah, I should live differently. What's his response? The guy runs to the Pharisees and says, I got his name. I got his name, guys. I'm off the hook. His name is Jesus. It's his fault. Go get him. I mean, do you, I, mean I don't understand how this guy can live this way, but he was not healed on the inside. The outward change did not reflect an inward reality of his life. He was not totally made whole. But God's desire, Jesus' desire for him was wholeness. True freedom is found in a full restoration of the heart. You see, Jesus doesn't just want us to be healed. Jesus wants us to be fully restored. I get asked often, because we are a denomination that believes in healing, and we've seen miraculous healings in our church and in our denomination all across the world. Some people ask me, well, why aren't we seeing, seeing as many healings as in, in the Americas as they are around the world? Why in our denomination do we not see a Western sense of just so much healing? And usually my answer is because I don't think we have as much desperation. We have, you know, medicine that we rely on and we have all these other things that we trust before we trust God. But you know what? I think it's also a Western sense of entitlement. A Western sense of entitlement. Oh, I'm healed. Okay, fine. Just like this guy. There could be this miraculous healing and we'd say, oh, yeah, I, I deserve that. And so we don't allow... God to heal us completely we don't allow the fullness of what God wants to do and to enter into our lives to bring total restoration total transformation that is what he desires and that is why we're going to have tonight a a healing of inner inner healing a service where we deal with what God wants to do internally with our hearts and with our lives to bring transformation to bring restoration Where we could pour out our brokenness and be honest and say, God, this is where I am. We're going to look at the story of the woman who was bleeding for 12 years, and just the simple touch of Jesus brought a healing of her internal bleeding. You see, God wants to do a deep work in your life. He wants to do a deep work in your marriage. He wants to do a deep work with you as a father, as a mother, as a son, as a daughter. We don't have to walk around like broken legged deer who hobble through life. We can be completely restored by the power of the Holy Spirit, but often we don't talk about it. So many times we walk around hobbled, but God desires our full restoration. I believe this man's story illustrates that he did not in fact desire the healing that Jesus offered. You see, because when we ask for full restoration, that's a total transformation where everything changes from the inside out. And if some of you have testimonies of what God has done in your life, physical or internal, I want you to share those tonight. Come tonight. Encourage us with the, the stories of the Spirit's transformation in your life. We'll worship through singing. We'll worship through hearing testimony. And we'll worship as we open up the scriptures. And we'll pray for one another tonight. To receive the healing that God has for us. To break off the brokenness that so encumbers us. That brings us into bondage. God wants to bring a full restoration. Because true freedom is found in a full restoration of the heart. Do you want to be healed? Same question Jesus asked the man at the pool of Bethesda is the question that he asks you today. And then will you let him heal not just one aspect, but all of it? Let's pray. Holy Spirit of the living God, I pray that you will fall fresh upon us this morning. I pray that we will be people who desire to be healed, transformed, changed, made new, restored fully. That we can walk in freedom and no longer walk in bondage. Change us, transform us. May we no longer walk hobbled in life, but completely restored. This man missed it. May we not miss it. In your name. Amen. Amen. At this time, we'll worship the Lord through singing, and after this song, we will have a baptism Sunday.